Oh, hello everybody. If you could just gather around, my name is Jackson McMurray. Uh, what we've got here is a class four alien invasion. Um, just just be sure uh, that everything is being taken care of, but um, just make sure that you're you're complying with all of our procedures here. Yes, hello. I'm Adeline McMurray. Would you all do me a favor? Look here at this little red dot. Look really closely. I don't. This is no nerds allowed. You are watching a funny podcast, and you are laughing. <laughs> You thought it was really funny. You walked away with great insights about the film Men in Black. (laughs) In the Twilight Zone. (laughs) That's honestly, I think one of my favorite little touches in this movie is just like the fact that whenever Tommy Lee Jones is about to flash somebody, he just like. <laughs> you want to phrase that differently? Or? <laughs> I don't. He just like straight up is like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, no, these are super aliens. There's like aliens all over the place, but we're dealing with it, so it's cool. And then he like erases their memory. <laughs> He's like, hey, look here. <laughs> yeah. I like how he does it qu- quicker and more casually as the movie goes on. Because yeah. you have that first time with like all of the like border patrol guys. He's like, oh, I need you all to look right here. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then when they're talking to like the lady at the morgue, he's just like, hey, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> that lady gets her memory erased like four times yeah, in this movie. I know. <laughs> and I think it's so funny. We Okay, we have some stories we want to tell before we get into this podcast. But um, <laughs> Ben and Black is just so good. Um, <laughs> Jackson's really feeling Ben and Black. I am. I really am. So, if you, like, what do you, like, really think about it? Do you ever, like, want, like, do you wish that we had, like, another sibling? Uh, no. Why is that a funny question? It's not, I was just... Do you have a funny answer? No, fuck off, no. Do your own fucking thing. (laughs) What's your answer to that Wait a yes and, Jackson, God. I'm very sorry, but God, if I had another brother, he would yes and me. (laughs) A new cooler brother who played basketball. <laughs> I do feel like there is a certain dynamic with um, people who are sets of, or I don't know, I guess just like the brothers who are close enough in age that yeah. just like there's so much more. <laughs> I feel like I hear stories from siblings a lot where they're like, remember when I was 12 and you were 10 and I straight up like stepped on your face that one time and everyone's like ha 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 oh my god that was so funny and i was like well i kind of wish i had stories like that i kind of wish we had more stories of us just beating the shit out of each other yeah because i was your little sister so you were i think you were afraid to do anything (laughs) right i'm trying to think of like times that i like really made you mad i mean when i was a baby i would bite you (laughs) right and you wouldn't do anything about it. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. We don't really have a lot of, like, anecdotes about the two of us doing stuff. I feel like for a lot of our childhood, we kind of stayed in our lanes, you know? Well, we just kind of existed together. We didn't not like each other, but we were right. just, like... We got to the point where we could, like, have conversations together. And then we were like, oh, shit, we're both really funny. <laughs> but before that, <laughs> right. it was just, like, sub. <laughs> I remember there was one time I this is a weird memory that I have very vividly. Okay. I think I think you were like 11 and I was like 13 or 14. Um 
I found like our parents' old like baby snot sucker. You yeah. know that weird little like ball yeah, that you would little, like use like, to suck snot out of babies' noses. Yeah, because they and can't I f- handle it. <laughs> right, and I found out as I was just playing with it in my hand. I was like, "This hasn't had snot in it for 14 years. It's probably clean enough that I could just <laughs> mess with it." Um, but I found that the little like you know the little Lego antenna piece. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I found out that it like fit like perfectly into that snot sucker and if i like smacked it it just like shot out like really powerfully yeah so and your door was like just cracked slightly open (laughs) (laughs) so i set it up there and i like aimed it at you and i just was like and it like hit you in the back of the head and it's just like it scared you but you were just like so mad about it (laughs) yeah and i just remember like being like Oh, I thought I thought that was funny. I thought we would be able to laugh about that if I did that. But I'm like just super mad. So like I thought that was funny. <laughs> but as it turns out, no one agrees with me. Right. <laughs> We're just gonna kill him. <laughs> um yeah, okay, there I is something I, I want to Oh, go ahead. I think when it comes to, like, brothers, there's, like, a weird, like, dominance thing that happens. Like, there's, like, a (laughs) power hierarchy, definitely. Right. But I feel like the fact that we're brother and sister, we don't have that power hierarchy because we're, like, individuals in our own gender that we're, like, I don't feel pressured to be like you and you don't feel pressured to be like me. So when you did stuff to me, I would just yell at you about it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't just take it. Here's the thing, though, is I feel like that's not even entirely the case because all of our my mom's our mom's stories about her and Uncle Jeff. When that's they were true. Kids, that's very true. When they would like, wasn't there a story where she said that they like abandoned her in a cornfield? <laughs> well, there's, they there's just two like stories. lured her out there and ran away. There's two stories that I really like. There's a time that they locked Ryan, the youngest brother, in the basement. (laughs) And that was the whole joke. That was the whole goof. Yep, that just happened. And there's the other time that they were playing lawn darts, which I think was maybe the worst invention ever made. Where you throw spikes at high velocity across your backyard and hope that you don't hit a child or dog in the process. (laughs) And my mom, our mom throws it, hits her older brother in the head, and then she genuinely thought that Jeff was going to kill her. That story's so good. It's very good. There's also the time that our Uncle Ryan wrote his name, Ryan, across uh, Mary's head in the Bible. <laughs> like a Post Malone face tattoo. <laughs> like it was some cool itchy, like, album art for his SoundCloud. <laughs> I like to imagine the alternate future in which our Uncle Ryan didn't grow up to be a pastor. He grew up to be a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> He's close. He's got the beard and the beanie for it. Yeah. Um, okay, there is something I actually want to address before we get into the movie, though. Yeah. Which is that um, my my wonderful girlfriend, Anna, who was on the, the podcast a few weeks ago... Um, <sighs> The, what was that noise you just made? That's me burping, but like not burping. <laughs> okay. That wasn't well. that wasn't a reaction towards Aunt Anna. I love Anna. I was okay. like, ew, Anna. Um, but uh, her podcast, her personal podcast, has a much bigger and more successful following than ours does. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
her uh, SCP narrative podcast, but I do some voices on that podcast. Um, and apparently through that, um, this podcast has gotten a handful of fans um, because they know me from that. So, hey, if you're here from Find Us Alive, the SCP experience or whatever the fuck that podcast is called. You should um, know what that podcast is called. <laughs> I'll never remember. I know it's called Find Us Alive. I don't remember what the subtitle is, though. Um, but anyway, what if it's if, something real bad, like SCP fan fiction, fan fiction the, hour? An SCP. An SCP erotic fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) And I just haven't been paying attention and I don't realize that it's about to take a really drastic turn in the next few episodes. (laughs) Um, I like to imagine that you like haven't, you don't read the script and you just like record yourself saying things without any idea what you're saying. Right. I I was going to make a joke about SCP, but realized that I have no context for anything. So I was like, (laughs) gonna make like a monster voice and the monster would be talking about sex but i imagine that's not what the podcast is about that kind of happened i mean the i'm okay not the monster erotica part but the me just talking without having a full context Um, okay because on the last episode i had a slightly larger role in um but it was just like that she's doing this like artsy thing where it's like oh you just hear my half of the conversation and you don't really know what the other half is and yeah like those details are gonna get kind of filled in later she yeah. didn't bother to give me what the other half was though for my <laughs> so own you had no idea yeah so i was just like oh haha that's really cool great yeah you will fl- that people behave that way sometimes in times of stress that's normal and i was just like i hope i'm doing a good job she seems to be okay with it so I have no some, idea what the fuck this conversation is. That's some behind-the-scenes knowledge about how bad a job we do at making this podcast you like so much. Um, <laughs> Girl, I want to play D&D with Anna again so bad. Tell um, Anna I want to play D&D with her. <laughs> okay, I can't do. Um, so, hey, Adeline. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, this was the other thing. Um, oh, Okay. We need we need a better Twitter presence. I think now that we've got some people on board with us, between now and the time that this episode comes out, I'm going to to uh, step up create... your Twitter game. Well, yeah, I mean my own personal Twitter game is already great, and you should follow me at Jepperpack. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like Pepperjack, but with the letters switched. Also should under Jackson McMurray, you can search that. I are think we, you should. Are we at the point where I have to have a Twitter account? <laughs> yes. Okay, first of all, I want you to have a Twitter because there's a lot of great stuff on Twitter that I want to send you, and it just becomes too much of a hassle for me to like try to take a screenshot of it or whatever, um, first of all. But second of all, I think if we have an audience, that kind of engagement would be fun. Yeah, Anyway, funny. the point I'm actually trying to make is that so I'm going to make a... Be, I'm going to be one of those people that has a Twitter. It's just like, what the fuck is up with peanut butter jelly sandwiches? Am I right? It's got like 1,200 <laughs> likes below it. <laughs> You're going to turn into, like, a professional shit poster. <laughs> um, this is my origin story. The kind of person who is verified, but you've never heard of them, and you yeah, look you at their account, the and it's it just is, all garbage, and you're just like, who is this person? So when they're verified, and you Google them, and the only thing that comes up is their Twitter account? Yeah, exactly. That's going to be you. Um, but anyway, I'm going to make a dedicated No Nerds Allowed Twitter that you may follow at your discretion if you're interested in such a thing. And, uh, you know, if there's ever a time when we make reference to something on the podcast that you don't necessarily get to experience or maybe we take a selfie during the show as part of a good joke, we could put it there. 
you, you know, gonna take a selfie right now? No, I'm absolutely not going to. Because I won't be doing that either. So why would you say we would be doing that? I'm never gonna do I'm that. I'm just giving a random example of things that may or may not show up on our our newly minted I could Twitter do... account. I could like draw stuff for the podcast. We could yeah. put it up. There, there have been a couple of times where, like, remember when we were talking about the Conjuring, and I talked about that face that Patrick Wilson made when he was thinking really hard that I thought was really funny. Yeah, I posted that on my Twitter and was like, "Hey, if you wanted to see it, here it is. I think it's very funny." <laughs> you want to know and something all of I learned your five from that experience? Were like, cool. Yeah, you want to know something I learned from that experience? What? Is that there were a lot more Patrick Wilson stands on Twitter than I thought there were. <laughs> And you met all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like that, it's, Stan Twitter is weird because there is one for everything. For every person that's like, even like, Sean Bean has a Stan culture. <laughs> like, I can't imagine anybody less standable than Patrick Wilson. He's like <laughs> a totally regular looking, medium handsome white guy. Who's been in a handful of pretty good movies. Dude, Jackson, they're all going to yell at you. You're going to have a stand war on your hands. That's going to be 100% your fault. I love Patrick Wilson. He's great. He's good in Aquaman. You just dunked on him for like a whole minute, dude. He's he's good in Aquaman. He's good in The Cojuring. He's good in, um... uh, The Toilet, am I right? He can't think of any other things that he's played. He was the president in Batman v Superman. And real um, life. He was good in that. Um, Patrick Wills is fine. I like him. It's just, <laughs> it's so funny to me. <laughs> that this piece of shit human being can have so many stands. Anyway, um, so that handle, oh fuck. I guess I haven't done it yet, so I can't say for certain what the handle is going to be. It'll probably be at No Nerds Allowed, but ADR in the case it, that that's, dude. yeah, in the case that that's taken, I'll. I'll fix this afterwards. Hey, this is post-production Jackson. The Twitter is up, and it is called No Nerds Allowed Podcast. You can find it at No Nerds Pod. Um, at No Nerds Allowed was already taken by a guy who is following nobody and who has zero followers, whose name is just Ricky, and he made one post in 2009 and never again. So, I don't know. Maybe I can get in contact with ricky and get at no nerds allowed but for now it's at no nerds pod <laughs> um so adeline mcmurray my sister yes hello um, jackson what, McMurray, my what baby film, brother what, what film proof. what film did you choose for us to speak about today uh the famous acronym mib which stands for many Insects, boy. <laughs> Mini insects. The story, Blah. the story of a little boy who gets a superpower of being made of several insects. Can I, Adeline? Yeah. Adeline, really quick. That, yeah. That joke wasn't funny. Yeah, I did. It wasn't. I thought it would get so... funnier if I just committed to it, but it just. I don't. I don't hear anybody laughing, so I'm yeah. gonna. I'm gonna get off the stage and. No, no, it's okay. We can. We can move forward. No, just I, I, I want to get off the stage. I want to make sure that you know that that wasn't funny, and we can. Okay, can you turn the lights off? I want to get. I want to get off the stage. Yeah, sure. Here we go. So, okay. um, Men in Black is a movie that um was directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, who I think is a really interesting filmmaker. Um, cause he, he made the Adams family and Adams family values in 1991 mm-hmm. and 93, which are like 
big big cult movies in the modern day. <laughs> what Sorry. is so funny about that? I don't know. Just the term cult movies always makes right. me laugh. I just imagine kind of a movies... bunch of people with like cult robes, like saying a circle <laughs> chanting, and in the middle of a circle is just like a TV playing the Adams family. <laughs> but um I don't know, they're just the kind of movie that weren't like hugely successful at the time, but is like really popular now as sort of a the throwback appeal that people have sort of reevaluated. Yeah. Um but those were like his two movies were Adam's Family and the sequel to Adam's Family. Yeah. Um and then after that, I mean he made a couple of other movies that weren't really successful. To get weird with it. Well yeah, and then he, he was able to use that clout to make Men in Black. And then he followed that up with Wild Wild West. <laughs> Uh, the best film ever Great made. Movie. And then basically from there he going made straight to the wild wild west. I'm I knew you were gonna do that. And to... I... What? I knew you were gonna do that, and I was trying so hard to rush through that sentence before <laughs> you could start. You can't um, fucking stop me, Jackson, from singing basically... Wild Wild West by Will Smith. <laughs> he basically continues after that to make only bad movies and men in black sequels which are also <laughs> bad um i want you to guess what his most recent directorial project was did he not direct the new men in black he did not because here's a hint um the new men in black fucking sucks ass and even barry sonnenfeld would have done so a much better, better of a job with that it's a movie okay i'll give you a hint it oh, is a sorry. movie it's, it came out in 2016, and okay. it features very prominently the voice talents of Kevin Spacey. Um, Pedophiles Anonymous. No. Um, it's a children's movie. It's got Christopher Walken in it also. What, and it, film, what film is this? It's called Nine Lives. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh that my was, god. That was our boy Barry. Where um, Kevin Spacey is a cat. <laughs> but okay, okay, okay. But there is a major redeeming quality to him though in the in the recent years because he was um originally supposed to direct the Jim Carrey series of unfortunate events movie. Um he ended up being an executive producer on it um after they he sort of great. fell out with the studio. Yeah, but he's great. Um but when he was making it, he was like, "Hey, what if we laid off Jim Carrey cuz the movie's not about him right and the studio was like get the fuck out of here what the like, fuck are you saying get out um but and then guess what happened after that was he got to be the showrunner on the netflix series of unfortunate events he got his oh. second chance on series of unfortunate events and he did a fucking great job because i love that show and he got um, he got to dunk on jim carrey all he wanted <laughs> yeah pretty much um yeah anyway that was just i'm, I'm interested in Barry Sonnenfeld as a filmmaker because he's done some great stuff and I just want the best for him and I feel like he's on kind of an upswing right now and I just want him I want him to be happy oh and he was also the cinematographer on movies like Raising Arizona and Big and Misery and When Harry Met Sally like he was a successful cinematographer for a really long time also he's just had a cool career do I have to watch When Harry Met Sally, like, as a person? Is that a requirement? Um, I think so, yeah. Oh, well, put that on the list. It's it's just, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet either, but it's it's a very good movie. You know, people still really like it. They talk about it as being, like, 
one of the few like 80s rom-coms that like actually has a thought in its head and like yeah yeah, holds up um but uh anyway let's 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 speak about um men in black unless you want me to list more of barry sonnenfeld's credits no listen that was so good and (laughs) really just really interesting really mind-bending yeah but uh, um, i think I don't know how to end this sentence because I realized how mean of a joke that it was. And <laughs> what, I got, I got stifled by my own bad energy and I didn't know <laughs> where to put it. So now I'm just holding this box of bad energy and I don't know where to put it down. <laughs> um, how do you see. think the podcast is going so far? <laughs> Pretty good so far. Pretty he good. Was, he was a director on The Tick with Jackson. Patrick Warburton. Um, the old one, not the new one. And let's see. All I know is that Clint McElroy likes the old one. Yeah, everybody maybe, likes the old and one. And maybe also our dad. It's Patrick Warburton's finest role, if you ask me. He's just like, oh, I'm the tick and I'm here to solve crime. Do you want to talk about Men in Black? No, I, can we talk about Patrick Warburton for a minute? <laughs> do you want to know something terrible? What's I, <laughs> I was I wasn't being serious, but if you do want to talk about Patrick, oh Robert, no, I was just go. gonna say I don't know who that is off the top of my head. He's the guy with the D voice who plays Lemony Snicket, um, and Kronk, and oh yeah 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 the yes, Tick most famously his greatest role the Tick. Yeah, no, I know exactly that. I don't know why I couldn't recognize his name. I usually can. He's like, oh, you probably Seat shouldn't be here. Yeah, exactly. He's the sword over California guy. <laughs> That's his greatest role, Jackson. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. I think Patrick Warburton's greatest role is the <laughs> the safety video in Sword Over California. <laughs> so, okay. How about, how about you, Adelaide? What do you think about Men in Black? I really like it. I Good. think it's a great film. I do honestly think it's probably one of the best, like, action blockbusters ever made. Like, I think, like, it's just, like, hits all the notes that it needs to hit and it's so good no yeah when it comes to like big budget family action comedies to me the gold standard is like men in black the mummy dogs versus cats. guardians guardians of the galaxy i i dogs versus cats actually good no jackson okay. <laughs> of course it's not why why did you pull that where did that come from it was it was a goof because it's historically a bad film it's a, it's a bad bake i guess i was just impressed at that pull and it caught me off guard <laughs> g-force um g-force you know ed norton was in that movie God, what, what the fuck was up with that movie Hey, it's post-production Jackson again. Ed Norton was not in G-Force. I was thinking of Sam Rockwell. See you later. Um, <laughs> okay, give me some other, like, great family action comedies. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Two. This is debatable. What's something, what's something from, like, the modern era? What's, like, the gold standard nowadays? Um. I said Guardians of the Galaxy. Baby Driver? No. No, I don't think that's, that's quite the same. Happy. That's an R-rated movie, yeah. so it doesn't count. Um, I don't know. I feel like everything today is just sequels, you know. But like, I can't, I can't think of any like IP off the top of my head. I feel like there aren't a lot of people who are doing, like, who are infusing action movies with comedy in the same way that they used to. 
Yeah, well, because it's it kind of came around from, like, the before there were kids movies. There were just, like, before there were, like, kids movies, there was just, like, movies that were okay enough to see with your children. So that's I still where you, feel like that's kind of the case. I well, mean, but that's where you got that's where you got action comedies because it was like we could do action for the adults and do some comedy for the kids and like, like still keep it at like kind of like a higher level, like keep it like PG thirteen, right? Instead of like G. Yeah, but and I think it, that's what like a lot of the modern blockbusters right now are. You know, like things like Marvel movies, things like Star Wars, things like that. Yeah general zone are pretty much that they're like something for the family they're not kids movies per se but they're something yeah. that you know you would take your kids with so that you could see with the whole family you know yeah. but i feel like that sort of area is getting a little bit less comedy focused i feel yeah. like it's less directed towards children in kind of a bad way if you ask me does that make sense yeah no i totally get it um, because I feel like, and, you know, there still are these movies. Like, I mean, like I said, like Guardians of the Galaxy, like Ant-Man, like, um, those are the only examples I can think of, actually. <laughs> I'll think of something a little bit later, but like, you know, a lot of the things in that oeuvre are just a little more serious. It's not that they're not funny, but like the comedy aspect of them isn't like on the poster <laughs> you know yeah, i mean like how many times did you laugh during an, like end game because my theory is probably not a lot no i mean but that's the thing is that they're they're light-hearted movies and they're yeah. fun to watch and there's plenty but of jokes in them but it's taking a back seat like i wouldn't describe infinity war as an action comedy you know yeah i guess i don't know i guess the mummy isn't really a comedy either though i think maybe the mummy's just bad so we <laughs> think that it's funny no 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 Okay, let's 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 refra- let's reframe this discussion. Okay. What are big budget PG thirteen movies of the twenty first century, or of the last decade, let's say, that are just like tight and perfectly executed? I mean, Gu- Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up a website. Look at some lists of movies. I feel like Solo had the potential to be that if it were good. But everybody hated Solo. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. I don't think people hated it. I just think everybody across the board was like, eh, yeah, eh. whatever. <laughs> um. Oh, Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that is like the quintessential. It didn't immediately come to mind because it's animated, but that's totally in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Call Me By Your Name. Was that really an action? <laughs> Did you comedy? think I was being serious? <laughs> Man, we're doing a bad job over that here. That is the quietest, most boring movie anybody's ever made. Wait, doesn't somebody fuck a peach? That's not a joke, Adeline. <laughs> that was a real a artistic choice. Um, okay, let's take a look. Um, Incredible. No. Incredibles? I don't like Incredibles 2. Oh, I guess The Incredibles is like 2004. Yeah. An argument could be made for The Martian. Yeah. It's That's not a little more action. elevated. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. I feel like Avengers appropriately occupies that space. Oh, absolutely. There, there are a lot of Marvel movies I could mention, but I'm trying not to just only do that. Yeah. Well, but just like the event, the like original Avengers movie is just like such a tight movie. Like. Oh, totally. And, like it's just like very well done. And something about Avengers feels sort of 
throwbacky, like with yeah. a little bit of hindsight. There's something about it that sort of feels kind of like Zemeckisy or like Spielbergy. Yeah, that it's just like it's re- visually and artistically, it's just really simple and straightforward. But it's also just like perfect, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna find one more good example, and then we're gonna move on from this poison. Bit. Say, we've been we've been fucking talking about this for so fucking long. <laughs> Can we talk about Men in Black, please? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, like literally, like you did this to illustrate a point. I think that was like 20 minutes ago. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Detective Pikachu. It's not that great, but that's just a movie that could fit in that zone. Okay. Anyway. Um, what are your thoughts <laughs> about Men in Black? It's just a perfect movie. I think this is like... I These are like... Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith are oh, like two of the most effortlessly charismatic people on planet Earth. I know. They are both in their own unique way so, so funny in this movie and like and in such different ways which is yeah. so interesting and there is never there's not a single like acting decision or moment in this movie that falls flat especially once you've seen it a handful of times yeah and just like everything tommy lee jones says is fucking hysterical in this so movie good. there's that moment where like he's like going through stuff <laughs> like there's something about tommy lee jones he has this talent of just like perfectly underselling every ridiculous thing that he's saying yeah he's like introducing a couple of aliens and he's just like all right jay these are our two analysts their names are meat morp and bob and he just like moves but he says it like so fast it just like moves right on it's just like the perfect delivery of that joke and when he got when there's like he's like proving to will smith that there's actually Aliens. He's like, do you want some coffee? I'm gonna get some coffee. And he gets in there, and you have all those like four little, maybe <laughs> right. racist aliens. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that like George Lucas gray zone where they're yeah, like, of, like it's is not, it's not a racist? person. Yeah, it's like they're not actually a racial stereotype because it's like they're not, they're not Mexican. They're, yeah. they're aliens, but they're still kind of like, what? How do we feel about this? Yeah, it's like when you're playing D and D, and it's like orcs are like equals black people but they're also always the bad guys you're like this makes me <laughs> right. a comfy anyway but yeah he goes into that room and he's like do we have any regular cream we only have to like the shitty cream i don't like that creamer and they're like hey i don't know boss and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> um, i was gonna make i was gonna make a comment about tommy lee jones but this bit just became about how racist those aliens <laughs> might be right <laughs> Remember in Phantom Menace when there were those super racist, like, Japanese aliens yeah. right at the very beginning? Yeah. They, no, they show up other times, too, which you yeah. think they would stop. God, those are my favorite characters in Star Wars, I think. Uh, God, I What's was that gonna, guy's name? Gunray? I don't know. I was going to impersonate them. But, see, in, per- in impersonating these aliens, <laughs> I think it might be the most racist thing I've ever done, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, Newt Gunray is his name. God, George Lucas just, like, freaking <laughs> hits it out of the park with alien names. What's the name of one of the guys who's in the Cantina band? Oh, it's some, fuck. It's some really stupid shit. <laughs> Cantina band characters. Moss Eisley Cantina character guide. Let's take a look at some names. We've got... Okay, so that guy that is just a werewolf. Remember that guy? Yeah, that's a Party City werewolf mask. Yeah, his name is... A real Skokus. <laughs> he is a real Skokus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, so the the players don't have names, but they're just called Bith. That's the name of their <laughs> alien species. They are Bith. Um, you want to know the guy name of the guy who says I don't like you either? Yeah. Bo Shek. Why did he have to name them? Why can't it just be guy with pig nose and furry <laughs> animal with a butt on his face? No, no, no. They've all got to have names. Um, this guy, I don't know if I could describe him in a way that would make you recognize him, but one of the guys, his name is Chachi Del Mall. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> um, let's see. What, what's the guy? Isn't there another guy in that scene who I think is literally just a devil? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna see if Satan. I can't find the devil guy. Let's see. Scrolling through here. There's Greedo. We all know Greedo. Oh, here he is. No, no, no. That's a different guy. God, the cantina scene is so good. <laughs> Cur- oh, fuck. He okay, so. Like you. I don't like you either. I don't you like either. you either. Um, Sorry. <laughs> and, then, and then Kenobi fucking chops off his arm. Can we talk about that? <laughs> I love the way Luke reacts to that in that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like, I'm sorry. Look, <laughs> yeah. well, it starts with, he doesn't like you. And he goes, okay. And then he pulls him around again. And he goes, I don't like you either. And then he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> when are we going to do Star Wars? We should do Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So, but the guy who's just actually a devil, his yeah. name is really long and he's got a lot of apostrophes in his name. Oh, hell yeah. You know so, he does. So here's what I'm gonna say. Cardusai Malak is his wow, name. Wow, what a what a shitty that's like that's like on par with D and D with how shitty that name is. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, I'm gonna go one more until I can like, find. Just like read through the Dungeons and Dragons handbook and just wanna shoot yourself in the head <laughs> and how stupid some of the names are. I wonder how many of these characters had names at the time and how many of them got named afterwards. Oh, because because we, for some reason, because Star Wars is so popular, but we all felt like we had to fill out the whole universe in order yeah. to enjoy it. So suddenly every fucker who's on screen for like half a second suddenly has a dead parent, a weird name with ten <laughs> apostrophes, and at one point they were a Jedi, but they're not anymore. Right. You want to know the name of the guy who didn't like Luke Skywalker? Yeah. His name's Ponda Beba. Aw. That's a really good name. Ponda. <laughs> anyway, um, this is a mess of an episode. Yeah, um, and it's your fault, by the way. <laughs> uh, I love the opening credits of this movie um, mm. because I had forgotten that Danny Elfman did the score to this movie. Oh, it's um, so Danny Elfman. And I remembered immediately, like the instant yeah. the movie started. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's just like this dragonfly flying around and it's just like bugs in space. That's all you got to know. This movie, yeah. whole mission statement, bugs in space. Well, I think what I love so much about that opening shot is that we haven't said a word about aliens yet and still you get that vibe and of course it's kind of this dragonfly thing like flying through space but it's honestly because like bugs are so freaking weird and like weirdly like otherworldly even though they're absolutely of this world and to like use that in a way to like 
immediately get you thinking about aliens even without even bringing them up i think is right. really effective yeah just conjuring the spirit of extraterrestrials yeah, well, because like like alien and all these other kind of alien-esque like figures that we already have are all kind of <laughs> weird and buggy already so it's really cool to like kind of point out that distinction right um the um i i, I don't know the Sorry, I totally just lost my train of thought there for a second. But, Can we um, talk about the? I love, I love the first scene of this movie, where you have yeah. the guys at the border and they're like, "Oh, because first of all, they have to make an alien joke about like, oh, aliens from another country, no aliens from space, like that's a right. funny joke." And they do it in a very fun way. But you have the border patrol, and then you have like you, they just like they, having them at the border, like totally sets up the theming of the movie so well. Because like, okay, we're talking about aliens that are coming to Earth. But not in, like, a they-came-from-space kind of way. Like, in, like, kind of, like, a regular kind of bureaucratic way. And yeah, like they no, do they it are. So, they're immigrants. Yeah, they, like, create such, like, a clear, like, comparison so quickly and early in the movie that you, like, immediately know what's going on. And it's it's so good. Well, and that's Until, one of the things... Oh, go ahead. What I didn't... What I, what I think falls apart, and it's in that scene, too... Is when they they're talking to the to the guy and he's like, oh, I'm an alien. I've got this funny Mexican head. Haha, <laughs> what's up? And then the border patrol guy like comes and he sees the alien and the alien immediately tries to murder him. That's where I feel the distinction was weird. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that alien attacked that guy because he was a dude like two seconds ago. Right. Yeah. I don't know. This is good. More exciting. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. that's <laughs> that's why I think. Like, setting this movie in New York is, like, perfect for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Because, like, on the one hand, it's this whole, like, immigration thing where it's just, like, you know, this, like, great American melting pot, like, Ellis Island mm-hmm. and, like, people coming in and just living there. And it's also, like, um, this is a point that I'm borrowing from Patrick H. Willems, who did a, a whole video essay on, like, great New York movies. Mm-hmm. But it just sort of posits that, like, New York is the only place in the world where just, like, the fucking crazy crazy freaky people just exist all over the place yeah. and nobody pays attention to them at all <laughs> it's yeah. like this place where it could be that like all these wacky people you meet on the subway and you're just like who the fuck is this like what is their life how did you get yeah. this way like, like in any other town aliens. or city that would be like the famous weirdo but in new york it, that's just that's just greg like <laughs> right exactly yeah um and it's just, i don't know i think this like script is just so cool um Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know and you know we already said this but like him like just attacking that guy is a little bit weird and then tommy lee jones just fucking murking him right there is a little bit weird too (laughs) executing him (laughs) maybe weird to believe that he's kind of like tony shalhoub and he'll put himself back together again eventually but no, because he explodes onto all of the cactuses, and then the guys come and burn oh, his entrails off of the cactuses. That's true. That's true. Maybe he's like he's Sandman. turned into his his gaseous form. Yeah, maybe he's like Sandman from Marvel, and he has like one particle that his consciousness is in, and he'll put himself back together again from that eventually. Yeah. That's what I choose to believe. That's uh-huh. my headcanon that makes that this makes them just straight fun. up murdering that dude. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, 
there's that great moment where like he's I mean first of all the bit where he's like speaking Spanish to all those guys and then he so comes you up don't to the know alien. A word of Spanish, yeah, and he's do just you? like he's just like speaking fluent Spanish. He's just like I'd like to punch you in your fat fucking face. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it's really good. And then like that border patrol guy is like, sir, I don't know who you are, and I don't think. And then they do this like crazy like dolly in on <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. And I he's know, just like, dude, don't even with me right now. <laughs> 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 in this very very low risk game <laughs> yeah <laughs> um the next thing i have written down is just that will smith yelling is just always funny it's just always funny i He's... would this i would like to take men in black and put it in the drawer specifically for movies that don't understand what it's like to be a black person in this world because <laughs> he's just running around with a gun in like <laughs> right. Just yell it. And I know he's a police officer, but, like, I don't know. Now he's yelling, LAPD! So it's fine. That makes it okay. Yeah, that means it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like Will Smith and Tom Hanks are the best yellers that we have in modern cinema right now. It's an Um, art. I think, I don't think anybody does yelling better than the two of them do. Have they ever been in a movie together? They gotta, right? That has to be something that happens eventually. Because they were, they were like, famous at the same time, which is also now, but in the past also. Right. I'm Googling Tom you know Hanks, Will I mean? Smith. Will Smith, Tom Hanks, these skeletons are now alive. Um, I guess not. Apparently there is a story that was going around... Um, when was this posted? Four years ago. So cool, cool, cool. <laughs> that said that they were trying to get uh, a, or that Will Smith and Tom Hanks had uh, signed on to do like a crime thriller that was like a oh, script somebody optioned. That would so um, good. But this is when I googled Will Smith Tom Hanks. This is the only thing that came up, and it's from. Uh, let me check. Um, precisely when this came out i can't read because this is a bad website but four years ago it says <laughs> it so, says right across the top four years I, ago yeah i doubt that that's still happening i wish Aww. it would though um let's see um i love i think one of the coolest shots in the movie is that frame where he like he finally catches the alien guy and he's like backing up to like kill himself and fall off the back of the building and the camera just goes up but you just see him like fully fall off the side of the building and it's yeah. so good. God, and just like I love this movie so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I can it's, tell. It's just a perfect film and like I think okay, okay. Here's here's the next thing I want to bring up. Um Vincent D'Onofrio is I think the single greatest actor who, who we have on this planet right now, um, because like every single thing that he's in, he is just so wildly different. Because like the biggest things that he's known for are like a crazy bug man in Men in Black, yeah. um, the guy, the protagonist of the first half of Full Metal Jacket, who's that like emotionally stunted guy in boot camp who like freaks out and kills himself at the end um which is like a crazy performance that's obviously wildly different than that than this yeah yeah and um uh the kingpin in daredevil and it's just like 
uh, he's just unrecognizable. If I didn't, like, yeah. know his name and know who he was, I would never, ever in a million years make the connection that those are the same person. Yeah, realize um, that he was in all these movies. Yeah, he was in Jurassic World, and he plays just, like, the the gruff government guy who's the bad guy. Um, because that movie is bad. Movie. Um, but in like in that movie too, he's just like a guy in like you know a police uniform, and he's got like kind of a beard, and he just looks so totally different than every yeah. other thing he's ever done. It's wild, um, and especially in this movie, in which he plays a crazy alien bug inside of a corpse. Yeah, and like he sells it. Like it, his performance yeah. isn't like cringy or awkward or like embarrassing to watch because somehow he finds this like perfect balance of like going way too big but doing so with like this ultimate confidence that just sells it perfectly you know there are so so many bad ways to play this role and i think i think vincent d'onfrio found maybe the only good way out of all of those yeah on Halloween, me and my friends, we watched uh, Beetlejuice for the first time in a long time. And I was... I'm not going to talk shit about Beetlejuice because I think it's a great film. But I think... Uh, oh, what's his face? What's his name? Tim Burton? No, Beetlejuice. The actor. Oh, Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. I kept... I, I wanted to say Michael Myers, and that's not it. <laughs> We've just Michael got Michael Keaton. Myers on our minds the last Apparently, few weeks. God. It's been... It's been like a whole week since I watched the movie. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Keaton. He does a great job. But like there's still those lines in Beetlejuice that hit hard and are hilarious. It like totally cement Beetlejuice's character. And then there's other goofs that just like totally didn't age well or fall flat or like just aren't funny anymore. Right. And I didn't get that at all with his performances, uh, Bug Corpse Man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like yeah, I thought totally. like he did he it's like that same kind of energy, like that over the top kind of like body horror y kind of comedy, but like in a silly way. Like Jim right. Carrey body horror is how I would <laughs> right. describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Describing Jim Carrey's comedy as body horror is I think the most like insightful comment anybody's <laughs> made in the last twenty first century. <laughs> that is a tweet that I think will get <laughs> Like, that will do that. That'll um, be on the. That'll be the first tweet on the. <laughs> yeah. No nerds allowed Twitter. Um, like pioneers of the body horror genre, Junji Ito, <laughs> like Junji Ito, Mike. Oh, what's the name of the guy who did the fly? Um, Cronenberg. I don't remember what his first name is. Cronenberg, <laughs> Jim Carrey. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what I was going to say is that they, these two similar, like, kind of character types, and I feel like he does such a great job as it without... Because he does a good job of it without just being Beetlejuice, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I think the majority of the appeal of this movie is that it, this is, like, a very performance-driven movie, you know? Oh, absolutely. And... Every single actor in it just fucking knocks it out of the park. There is not a line reading in this movie that isn't, like, the best and funniest and most powerful possible line reading that there could be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Vincent D'Onfrio is absolutely no exception. Also, the woman who plays Vincent D'Onfrio's wife, mm-hmm. she's... Also, just the best, and there's that line. She does line. such a good job. There's that line where she just, just like, Edgar, your skin's hanging off your bones. <laughs> it's just so funny. 
<laughs> and the package just says Igger. I know Igger. I know Igger and that ain't Igger. I know. <laughs> I know Egger and that ain't Egger. Egger, your skin is hanging off your boat. I don't know. How did she say bones? Bones. <laughs> like she's from Minnesota. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, uh, and another thing that this movie does that I found myself like getting caught up in is that there are so many moments where there are just these shots that like, it's kind of like I talked about in The Conjuring. I mean, totally different, but like just these. <laughs> this movie's sp- just like The Conjuring. Yeah, but just like these Spielberg-esque like long tracking shots that you yeah. don't even think about, you know, like there's that shot of Will Smith, like getting in the elevator at the men in black fortress that first time. Yeah. And it's like, you start out in the lobby and he says something to the doorman. And then he walks in the elevator, the camera follows him in. And then you're in the elevator with him for a second. Then the elevator door is open on the opposite side. He walks in and have, has a conversation with Rip Torn on the other side of that elevator Mm-hmm. In all the same shot. It's like a minute yeah. shot and you don't even think about it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Who's the guy that plays Zed? Rip Torn. Rip Torn. What a good voice. <laughs> I know, he's the best. We're he not plays... hosting an intergalactic kicker. <laughs> uh, he's the guy who plays Zeus in Hercules. Which yeah, is yeah, also that's what I knew casting. him from. Yeah. I don't know. He's just—is he still alive? I hope he is because he's. Great. I hope he is. I want him to come to my birthday party. And he has the best name in Hollywood. Yeah. Rip Torn. It's very onomatopoeia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's or still he's still kicking around. What is it when a word is a sound? Yeah, onomatopoeia. Uh, I always think it's something else. I always say onomatopoeia, and I'm right, but I think I'm wrong. That's happened at least three times. Right. This isn't interesting. <laughs> Oh, no, he did die. He died in July. Oh, Bummer. no. He never got to have, like, his big breakout role, you know? I yeah. mean, he was just one of those character actors who was always kicking around and doing good work. Um, Anyway, the... um, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones' character, uh, Kay, um, I just had to think about what his name was because they have the dumbest yeah. naming convention in this Because it's dumb and it's dumb. And see, I know none of the characters' names in this because they don't have them. <laughs> right. But Kay, I love his, like, strategy of, like, covert operations in which he just tells people everything that he's doing all the time and they just roll his eyes at him. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's so funny to me. Um, <laughs> and it's just, like, Tommy Lee Jones... I can't get over how great he is in this movie because like he just has this perfect uh, like level of disdain for everything and everyone around him while still being like (laughs) energetic, I guess. Yeah. Like there's that line where he's like walking Will Smith through all this like crazy technology and he (laughs) pulls up that little tiny CD and he's like, this technology is going to replace the CD in just a couple of years. And it looks like I'm going to have to buy the fucking white album again. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, it's just so good. He doesn't say fucking. That's just me. Yeah, it's it. just but the energy, the attitude. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, he's like doing these wonderful things at the forefront of human innovation, and he's just like, yeah. God damn it, this is so fucking stupid. God, did you see Tommy Lee Jones and The Sunset Limited? Because he also directed that. No, I, I don't think I've even heard of that movie. Oh no, it's Tommy Lee Jones, and it's oh god, what's his name? Nick Fury. Samuel L. Jackson? Samuel L. Jackson. Why couldn't I think of his name? I'm having a stroke. Anyway, so Samuel L. Jackson plays Mr. Black, and Tommy G- Tommy Lee Jones plays Mr. White. 
and it's <laughs> it's basically word for word of the play and Tommy Lee Jones directs it and it's hauntingly good. It's so really? good. But I watched that in my philosophy class, and then I watched *The Men in Black*, and it was weird <laughs> to see Tommy Lee Jones playing this character who basically just wants to kill himself, and only his only like, just like this hauntingly kind of like scary character, and how much he doesn't care about life, right. and then immediately going to K. It was just such a weird. It's such a weird shift. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking about, like, all the great gags at the beginning of this movie. I, I think know. the moment when he goes into the, like, application, and there's that gag where they just give them these sheets of paper, and none of them, like, know how to write on it, because there's not, like, a table or anything. Yeah, and they're well, all, there's, like, 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 a coffee table, and that's it. Yeah, and they're all, like, poking holes in their paper and stuff, and, like, something... That's just a genius gag that is, like, nobody would ever have thought of, except for the yeah. makers of this movie, you know? And the fact that they sell that and make that funny and interesting, it's just... Yeah. It's so good. I love that sequence. Um, I love how well they established Will Smith's character, because, like, he's... Like, we established him as, like, the, the, like, cop who's, like, going against the system, and, like, we've kind of seen that character before, but, like, he's going against the system and kind of, like, more of, like, a real way, and like, the way that people, like, actually go against the system. Right. By, like, being just, like, kind of weird and kind of being, like, defiant and, like, smart in a way that other people don't like. Right. Like, when he's, like, when they're talking to the other applicants, and he's like, well, I'm a military man, I'm the best of the best, sir! And he's like, it's really funny that you're all excited and you have no idea why the fuck we're here. Like, it's just, <laughs> he just totally nails that character. And, like, him, like, shooting the cardboard cutout of the little girl in the head, and he's like, well... She's the only one who looks like she shouldn't be here, and it's just so good. I I honestly don't like that sequence. I think it's stupid. You don't like it? No, I don't know. It's just like, why would he be thinking that way? He doesn't have the context of aliens in his brain yet. And when he's like, that guy's just doing pull-ups, it's like, what the f- what are you looking at? I don't know. It's kind of funny, but it's just like, for that character in that moment, it's just like, oh, he thinks outside the box and he thinks differently than the other guys do. But it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. I okay, don't know. But, but no, I re- okay, first of all, everyone else on the planet loves that scene. Second of okay. all, I love that scene because it shows that he he's thinking of aliens as people right. already, which is yeah, that's good fair because enough. it's basically immigration. So when all the other guys go in, guns blazing, ready to shoot all of the aliens... That's kind of bad if you're going to be working with aliens, you know? Right. So you're saying it's like those, that exercise functions as like one of those like online tests from some institute that's like determine your like racism background level and like what your prejudices <laughs> are, you know? And then you just run in and you shoot all of the people <laughs> that aren't white. That's what yeah, it is. Exactly. And they're like, oh, now see, that's some really good data for us because, you know, it's something that you need to work on in yourself, you know? Yeah. So see, next what time, you did, uh, don't do that. <laughs> what you did is you shot all the black people and only all the black people and you're like yeah was that not right did oh, oh i thought that's what i was supposed to do i had to take I one thought, of those i thought i thought they were the bad guys right i had to take one of those for my um uh journalism class a little while ago because oh, yeah. you know like being well, unbiased I mean, good, and prejudiced yeah. is really important and like taking a test like that and knowing where you need to work on yourself is like important in like journalism yeah um but the one I took was so funny. It's from, like, some prestigious institution. But even yeah. still, they were, like, multiple choice questions that were just, like... Like, they were making insightful points, but the, the options were, like, so, like, leading. Because it was, like... Yeah. Um, 
a person's ethnicity makes them more likely to what? And it's like, be a criminal, be, <laughs> and these are bad examples. Cause that's not what it was like. It was more like, it was basically, it was saying something surprising or like something you might not know. Like, you know, somebody's race is, I can't even think of any of the good examples. God damn it. This is an interesting thing to talk about, but I am totally <laughs> you're, you're ruining it. You're fucking it up, dude. But it was like, basically, it's like you always knew that the an- the correct answer was like the one that seemed the least true. Because, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. they were going to be like, oh, ho, ho, you thought that, but <laughs> little did you know that actually it's like this. You need to think on that for a little while, <laughs> you know? The dramatic beat... I'm I'm flipping around a little bit, but this is just because I had this note and I forgot to touch on it. Okay. I think there's a great, like, genuine dramatic beat that first time that they're kind of working together um, where they go into Tony Shalhoub's pawn shop. Yeah. Um, and, like, Tommy Lee Jones just pulls out his fucking gun and is just like, I'm going to shoot you, I'll do it. And then Will Smith is like, oh, man, he's crazy. He'll do it. Believe me. He's just, like, naturally going into, like, good cop, bad cop and, like, playing along just on instinct, you know? Yeah. But then, like, he shoots him and there's just this immediate beat where Will Smith pulls out his gun and is like, put your hands on your head. Like, this is not how this works. It's Um, really good. And I think it's so great. Um, And it says so much about the two, about Will Smith's character, you know? That he's so good at being a cop that he doesn't have any problem just totally sliding into, like, oh, I'm doing my interrogation thing, I'm good at it, and I'm just going to play along because if I, you know, if I start to let on that I have an adversarial relationship with this other guy, it's going to give the person we're interrogating a certain amount of power, you know? Yeah. But then, like, as soon as that guy is not there anymore, that sort of facade just immediately, like, falls away, and he's just like, dude. <laughs> like, I, I I, get that part of it. I mean, and it's all, I think the bigger thing going on in that scene is that to Will Smith, this guy who he doesn't know just killed a dude? No, so yeah, it's exactly. More, it's more jumping into, like, police officer mode. Less, no, yeah, totally. Less just the guy that... Less that I'm not putting on a facade anymore because that guy isn't here anymore. It's more, you killed a dude. Right. You, but my point is, is that he now. is putting on a facade for that interrogation. Yeah, absolutely. Because they don't have that relationship established already, you know? Yeah. They didn't go in being like, okay, so here's what I'm going to say, and you're going to be good cop, and I'm going to be bad cop. Yeah, he yeah, just yeah. knows what's up, but he falls right yeah. into it. Um, the, um, <laughs> I don't know. I just love Will Smith's reaction after that shooting test scene, where they're just like, um, hey, Will Smith, you just only shot a nine-year-old girl do you want to uh explain why you did that and he's like yeah i only shot the nine-year-old girl what do you want from me yeah is there a problem with that it's like do you have an issue with this you're like "Uh, okay all right fine whatever will (laughs) like if you get off my ass about it (laughs) but um there's this i think one of the greatest line readings in history is there's mm-hmm. that moment where Tommy Lee Jones is, like, explaining everything to Will Smith. And he's like, there are aliens all around us. And, you know, they, they live with us just like any other people. And Will Smith is just like, hmm, cab drivers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, not played like a joke at all. It's so funny. Um, I love that. I love that scene where right after that scene with the shooting test where they're walking around to, to, and Tommy Lee Jones is, like, giving him all the information about the men in black and what they are. 
And he's like, everyone didn't take it. Nobody took the program seriously except for the aliens who actually did come, which is a great line. But then he <laughs> right. shows that picture of, like, them making contact with the aliens for the first time. And Will Smith goes, "Oh, you gave that tall man some flowers. <laughs> and it's just really good. Yeah, that's funny, too. <laughs> but um, the uh, I'm really interesting, or excuse me. You're really interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested in the decision they make with Will Smith's character to like not show his personal life at yeah, all like before at he all. decides to be in the Men in Black because it, it's a decision you have to make, right? It's like, do you show like that he has friends in a life, but he's kind of unhappy with it, so you sort of understand his decision to like leave it all behind, or do yeah. you just leave it a blank slate, you know, and not really get mm-hmm. into it too much? And just assume that the fact that he's letting it all behind means that he's probably not happy with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And well, I, I think don't, I don't get that. I get I get more that he understands how important this is and he understands that he would be good at it. And it feels more like because his life is going good that he does it like it's more of like a wanting to protect what's good rather than this sucks i'll do something else you know right yeah and i mean yeah i think i agree but give me just a second to formulate my my thoughts um formulating formulating (laughs) formulating will smith opinion in three (laughs) pending 46 percent complete remember in the terminator when they ask him a bunch of questions about will smith and he has to think really hard about it um (laughs) will smith opinion um but yeah, I don't know, because that's that's sort of the point, right? Is that it's just ambiguous, you know? And yeah. I don't think it's necessarily played one way or the other. He's just sort of like, all that you really know is that he's a police officer and he's really invested in his job and he has mm-hmm. the opportunity to be the best and coolest cool police, police officer, officer ever at the expense of whatever else was going on, whatever that might be. And he chooses to be the police officer. And it says something about his commitment while also like maybe implying something about his personal life. If you choose to read into it that way, if you choose to believe it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you choose to accept it, um, the, uh, there's that moment where they're like, Oh, and check it out. Here's a whole bunch of aliens we're looking at. And they show like, a whole bunch of celebrities on the monitor. Yeah. It's like Sylvester Stallone. And you're like, that makes sense. You know what? Sylvester Stallone is a perfect pull for that. Is this mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I feel like Sylvester Stallone is the perfect men in black alien type. Because yeah. a lot of them are played as being sort of uncomfortable and sort of wanting to blend in as much as you can. And like yeah. kind of quiet and insecure, you know? That's like the yeah. men in black alien type. And I feel like Sylvester Stallone just like... Having a hard time speaking and being so giant and weird looking is just like, yeah, that's perfect. That fits. That tracks. Nailed it. Great job. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who else was on that monitor. Did you pick out anybody else? I, I was. I've always looked at it and never like actually registered who was being shown. And the, every time I watch it, I'm like, ooh, I should see who they're showing. Yeah. And then I'm like, I can't see anything. <laughs> I just want to say. That practical effects are fucking great. Yeah. And I miss them so much. Yeah. Um, And this movie has, like, the perfect balance, right? Of, like, Mm -hmm. doing 
video computer effects when it needs to, when something absolutely can't be worked around. <laughs> that but, look okay. <laughs> yeah, that looks serviceable. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. For 1997, they look pretty fucking great. I mean, probably, yeah. But <laughs> um, This movie strikes, like, the perfect balance of, like, things that absolutely need to be are done digitally, but everything else is practical as much as possible. And I'm I'm always confused by studios' continued insistence on doing things digitally like this. Yeah, and like I, it it's not a money thing because like once you get to like visual effects that actually look good, that's when they get expensive. Exactly. So like, no, yeah. I don't... Visual effects are way more expensive than practical ones. Uh, yeah, um, and the and the problem with visual effects is that we're always we we are like ex- we are like progressively getting better at it. To the point that's like when you make a movie that has digital effects in it, in like a year, those visual vid- video effects are gonna be garbage. They're gonna right. be out of date and they're gonna look out of date. Versus like the Lord of the Rings, which looks so fucking good right. still because everything was done practically. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting because it's like there's this big sort of like counter movement in Hollywood about doing practical things with things like John Wick or like Mission Impossible, you know? Yeah. But that's specifically to like big crazy stunts and set pieces, you know? I feel like yeah. the the movement of like doing practical effects for just things like goofy aliens or, or characters s- or slime getting splattered on somebody. Yeah. Is like that hasn't that hasn't picked up yet, you know? Yeah, just paint Will Smith blue. Don't make him a weird CGI <laughs> right. genie. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, There's also a nice little bit in this where they, like, go up to, like, some tabloid papers, like the National Enquirer and stuff. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the only good investigative journalism on the planet. They're the only ones who get it right. And there's something, I don't know, I like this sort of optimism of this movie as if it's positing that, like, Everything that seems so asinine and stupid in this world actually has a totally rational explanation behind it. Yeah, like sometimes like has a point to it. Exactly. It's like there's something just ideologically that I like about that. Yeah, (laughs) it's just just nice Um, to kind of justify stuff like that. (laughs) Right. There's also that gag that they do where... Tommy Lee Jones introduces Will Smith to people as Special Agent White and Special Agent Black. Yeah. And he just gives him this look both times that's fucking perfect. Yeah. Because the first time he goes, this is Mr. Black. And Will Smith is like, I'm a black guy. You can't do that. But then the next time it's like, this is Mr. White. And he's like, really? (laughs) It's so funny. Both of them are so fucking funny in this movie. I think this is like... I don't know. I feel like I've said this before and I'll probably say it again, but like every performance in this movie is flawless. It's I know, just it's so there's good. nothing wrong with it. Um, okay, so two things about that you need to know about me. <laughs> two things that stress me out so much and like I can't e- I can't even describe how is uh cells and old computers. <laughs> Okay. Because I just can't comprehend either of them. Like when Tommy Lee Jones gets on that old ass computer and just starts deleting his life, which this looks stupid, by the way. But like anytime I see footage of like really old computers, like green text old computers, right? I just like I can't comprehend how they work. Like I don't understand like what <laughs> what they're doing. So they just stress me out because I'm like, well, how the fuck does this thing work? Which I'm sure is what everyone on the planet thought, which is why they made Mad. 
neck because it's easy to use, but yeah. yeah. I and love... then cells just stress me out because they're so small and there's so many of them that like, I don't get how in it an works. Organism? Yeah, like I think life <laughs> is that relevant? I think, no, I've just been thinking about about it a lot lately because I'm in a biology class. But like right. life on a cellular level stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're like, okay, this cell makes this thing, and it goes into this organelle, and it goes into another cell and does a different thing. I'm just like, holy shit, dude, this is right. this is too much for me. And it's like the jellyfish thing, where it's like they don't have brains or nervous systems, yeah, but they, they still weirdly have like free will in a weird kind of way. Yeah. Doesn't that just stress you the hell out? <laughs> and it's if... happening right now. <laughs> I don't know if stressed out is the correct term, but... It freaks me out. Like, it's like, it's kind of like an existential kind of fear, but I'm also just like, God, I hate it. <laughs> this is just, this is just me. I'm having a breakdown right. in media rest, but God, Sorry. I hate life on the cellular level. I think is actually what hell might be. <laughs> uh, there's that shot where um, it was just like an editing decision that I noticed. That I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. where, um, like Tommy Lee Jones is talking to Will Smith and he's saying something about like, oh, these guys are like bugs from space and you wouldn't necessarily think anything about bugs, but actually they're real mean and they'll kill you or whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Or, it's probably much more eloquent than that. <laughs> he but, probably says um, it better, but... <laughs> but it's just this like shot reverse shot of their conversation. But Tommy Lee Jones is like talking for a good long while and there's like it's a solid... Will Smith. Yeah, there's like a... Did you yeah, notice yeah. that too? There's like yeah, a solid like 60 seconds of just on Will Smith and you get to see his transition from being like, huh, bugs, what? To being like, oh, okay, yeah. All right. Oh, this is real. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I have to take this seriously, you know? And it's not like, oh, I'm so surprised. It's just like, okay, this is, I was kind of laughing about it, but like, this is my job now, and I should probably be working a little bit harder to, yeah. like, take <laughs> no, this I seriously. Yeah, I should be attention. Yeah. Um, but it's, it was just a, such a cool editing choice that you get to see, because Will Smith is, like, so great at that kind of thing of, like, just being able to sell, like, these minor, like, emotional shifts, you know? Yeah. Um... There's, um, the, uh, sorry, just a sec. <laughs> so around here is when we get to the morgue, um, <laughs> with that great woman who is <laughs> just the best character in anything ever. And maybe I my... love how she knows exactly what's going on, despite the fact that they've mind wiped her like five <laughs> yeah. times. And it's so funny that her and Will Smith introduce each other to each other, or like introduce themselves to each other, fully three different times in this movie. I know because <laughs> they keep getting mind wiped. But one of my favorite lines in this movie is when she's like, "Do you know what I like to do here, really late at night sometimes?" And Will Smith is just like. No. <laughs> I think it's so good. So I th- which leads me into a question I have for you, Adeline. Yes. Do Hello. you think she has sex around the dead bodies or do you think that she has sex with the dead bodies? I don't know what the fuck we're talking about. The what do you mean? When does she say that there's because she says that but then she like brings up some like she tells you what it actually is and it's no not she an gets innuendo. interrupted and she doesn't get finished that's 
super crazy subtext, Adeline, is that wait, she's... Wait, wait, hold on. Which part of the movie is this at? I don't when they're at the morgue the first time, when Will Smith the and the time? lady... Yeah. There's that line... No, because the, she gets mind-wiped after the dead body opens up. There isn't time for her to talk about having sex on the dead bodies. No, there is, because they have that whole exchange where they get kind of flirty with each other. And she's like, oh, I might want to fuck Will Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. And and there's that great line, which I said, where she goes, do you want to know what I do here real late at night sometimes? And Will Smith is just like, what are you about to say? I really don't remember this part of the movie. How are you, how do you not remember the like crazy innuendo subtext that she is somehow sexually involved with the dead bodies? I don't, I just don't think that would be a part of her character because she has to be a character for the rest of the movie. We have to (laughs) interact with her. I don't think they would make that joke that she fucks dead bodies if we had to like talk to her later. (laughs) Look, I think I, I think you just need to rewatch the scene. Okay. So we've watched this movie with our family a handful of times. Yeah. Um, and I will just never forget how funny our dad thinks it is when Tommy Lee Jones is shaking that pug around. Dad, that's dad's favorite part of the movie. It's <laughs> like every time I've, I think I've probably watched that movie with him at least twice, you know, because it's yeah. like every once in a while we'll just sit down and watch a movie. And our dad just loses his shit at that. He thinks that's the funniest thing in the world. It's very good. That and when Tommy Lee Jones is goofily singing along to Elvis in the tunnel. Yeah. Dad laughs very hard at that also. Things about our father. I will never understand our dad's taste in music or his sense of humor. Because <laughs> his sense of humor is just like anything. Right. And his taste in music is also just anything. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while I'll get in the car with him and he'll just put on a metal cover of a pop song. Like, I think it was Call Me Maybe, but it was yeah. a metal cover of the song. Like, dad just like listens to music. He doesn't <laughs> yeah. care what genre, what band. I'll get in the car with him and he's either playing like old guy rock or he's playing like the 1975 like there's no there's right. no rhyme or reason he loves paramore i don't get it <laughs> um one of my favorite little set design bits in this movie are uh-huh. their fucking goofy keyboards that they use i know <laughs> where they're like weirdly just like hovering over these plastic things and making these stupid doofy motions with their fingers i know and it's like the, so inelegant <laughs> But it's like their sci-fi space ergonomic yeah. keyboards. Um, the um, I'm near the end of my notes, even though there's still a little bit going on for this movie. But just like, just because it's great and I was just enjoying it. But um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> I love the line where Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Elvis didn't die; he just went home." And you're like, "Wait." Are you actually telling me that Elvis was an alien right now, or are you just an old guy affectionately referring to Elvis? You're like, what's yeah. the subtext on that? It's, okay, it's definitely the alien thing. No, the way he says it, I think if it's ambiguous to me, because based on his character, I think I would be more inclined to believe that if Elvis were actually an alien, he would just be like, yeah, Elvis was an alien, he's not dead, you know? Like, the fact that he has such a twinkle in his eye when he says it makes me be like, 
Wait a minute. Sorry, Jackson, you're wrong. Elvis no, was an alien. That's a thing that people say about Elvis already. That's an old white guy thing to went, say about Elvis yeah, already. Yeah, exactly. So they're taking the twist and mean of saying he went home to hang out with his father Jesus. Instead, he, they're saying he's an alien. It's a twist. It's not just him saying a thing I that think, people already say. I think it's meant to be deliberately confusing. <laughs> I think it's not confusing at all. I think you're just dumb. Um, I love the way that the organization sort of deals with their crazy world-ending stakes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Near the end when they, like, finally blow up the... Um, sorry, just a sec. Near the end when they finally blow up the alien and, like, get the galaxy back. And they yeah. just, like, the way that Tommy Lee Jones, like, calls Rip Torn and tells him about it is not like, Stop, we got it, it's here! He's just like... Oh, uh, hey, call the Archelians, we've got it. Yeah, it's here. I mean, there's that great line. <laughs> like, I don't remember at what point in the movie it is, but where Will Smith is kind of freaking out and Tommy Lee Jones just, like, just kind of like stops him and goes, like, every single day there is something on this level that's going to just obliterate the Earth. He's like, right. this is an everyday occurrence, and it is high stakes, but that's just how it is. And I think exactly. it's such a great line. And that's what makes that performance at the end so great. Like, it's such a conscious decision that, like, Tommy Lee Jones literally feels no sense of urgency about it, you yeah. know? Can we talk about their plan... When fighting the last, the when they're fighting the alien at the end of the movie. First of all, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith blow up the spaceship and it crashes at their feet. And it's the coolest <laughs> shot of all time where you see the spaceship like right. careening towards them and it stops <laughs> at the last second. That's dope as hell. Yeah. But so they, they can't just shoot the alien because that would be too easy. So the alien eats the guns and Tommy Lee <laughs> Jones' plan is I'm going to go get my gun and then I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> so he just gets eaten by the alien and then shoots the alien from the inside. Yeah. And that's his whole plan and it works. Yeah, and it works. It works pretty well. And it works. And then immediately afterwards he's just like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, we've got it. It's good. Yeah, and I love, I think Will Smith's reaction to that is so dumb because he thinks that Tommy Lee Jones like actually died and like sacrificed himself. Right. But like that would be so stupid. <laughs> I think he knows what's up. I think he's concerned about him, but I don't think he's like, yeah. oh my god, he's dead. I think he knows what he's trying yeah. to do, at least. But he just thinks that he's doing something stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to point out two lines in this movie that I think are genuinely, like, really emotionally effective. Um, mm-hmm. The first is when Tommy Lee Jones is, like, looking at his old wife. Yeah. And Will Smith is kind of like Joshua with him. He's like, oh, well, you know, tis better to have loved and lost, as they say. And he just goes, try it. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is like the most succinct destruction of a person I've ever seen. I know. It's just like the perfect, most surgical cutting words. I know. <laughs> God, Tommy Lee Jones is such a good actor. I know. And um, the other one is, I mean, it's the big famous one where, he, where he's like, you know, 500 years ago, we knew the center of the earth, or we yeah. knew that the earth was the center of the universe. Then we knew the earth was flat. And a minute ago, you knew that you were alone on this planet. And he doesn't say, like, imagine what you think you know right now that might be wrong. He says, imagine what you'll know tomorrow. Yeah. Which is, like, implying that, like, even in spite of all these things you're finding out, it's all probably still bullshit anyway. You yeah, know? we're still probably wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think I mean, it's, it's such funny. a great line. Because I'm in a philosophy class, and, like, this is literally the conversation we're having in that philosophy class. I right. think they just, like, nail it so hard. Um, 
I also just pretend that bugs are so fucking gross. I know, God, I hate bugs. When Will Smith is stepping on the cockroaches and they're just like splatting green goo everywhere. (laughs) 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 That's like uh, bugs are like my biggest fear. I hate bugs. Yeah, and then it's really sweet when Tommy Lee Jones gets to be with his with his wife at the end. Yeah. It's, it is kind of weird that his partner retires, and then he also immediately retires. <laughs> right. I just think that's a little bit weird of a setup, but that's fine. <laughs> there's this, um, there's this delivery that Tommy has, like, right at My the end. My boy Tommy. <laughs> where he says, um, that, that same line, it's like that echoes from the beginning where his old partner like looks up at the stars and says like they're beautiful aren't they but when mm-hmm. tommy lee jones does it it feels kind of weirdly hollow and insincere mm-hmm. like he's like he's trying to to see that beauty in things like his partner did and he wants yeah. to go out on that note but he just can't quite get himself there you know it's just not who he is like he's kind yeah. of desensitized to like the the majesty of it yeah and he like he admired his partner so much that he wants to to think more like him and he's like just trying to yeah do it but he just like he can't quite think that way you know yeah it's like it's a line that has so much more nuance and subtext to it in that performance than it would if it was just played straight you know yeah and like God, I love Tommy Lee Jones in this movie so much. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the end of what I have to say about the this movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add? Is In the sequel to Men in Black, don't they, like, go in to- back in time and try to see- save Tommy Lee Jones' life or something? I think so. I have is not seen Is the girl either. his partner, Will Smith, Will Smith's partner in that movie? I do not know. Um, I think having her be the partner is a cool decision, which is also why I don't think she was talking about fucking corpses in that one conversation. <laughs> she is, Adeline. She I is. don't think she is, Jackson. I have, I have spoken to people about this. It is a very okay. famous joke from this movie. Okay. Um, anyway. Here are the things she- that I know about the Men in Black sequels. Okay. Um, I know that the second one is very bad. Okay. I know that the third one is pretty good. It's not, like, incredible, but it's, like, a serviceable movie. Yeah. And I watched the first probably 50 minutes of the most recent one, International, and it made me so angry that I just turned it off because it was stupid. God, and I'm so upset about that, too, because it sounded like such a good idea. Yeah. When they were like, we're going to make a new Men in Black movie, and it's going to have Chris Hemsworth and the girl whose name I can't remember. What Tessa is her Thompson. name? Tessa Thompson. I can't rem- I'm so bad at actors' names, which kind of sucks because I have a podcast about movies. Um, but <laughs> well, What's weird but like, about it is, like, Men in Black as an idea is, like, a very American thing. Like, this concept yeah. of, like, suited government agents who can just, like, show in and – or, like, show up and – like wipe something clean and be like they were never there you know yeah it's a very like because it comes from a distrust of our government (laughs) yeah but it's like it's a very american piece of iconography you know yeah and like putting it in europe is just weird it doesn't work the same way yeah and and it's okay well it's because it's because it's a sequel, so they either have to go to New York or they have to go to England, and they right. all were, they were already in New York. Yeah, but it's like 
Because Men in Black, I mean, I've said this a million times, but this movie lives and dies on the incredible charisma and the wonderful performances of all of its actors, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, it's got a great script and great effects and a cool story and a fun idea, but all mm-hmm. of that is secondary to just, like, the wonderful to things. To how good the performance are. Yeah, exactly. performances are. Um, and this movie is so stunningly flat and so boring, it just pissed me off. It was like, never has anybody failed to make a sequel even remotely faithful to the the power of the original more I'm spectacularly like, than I this time. Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson, Tessa Thompson <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth, who have so much on-screen chemistry. They've worked yeah. together and have been great together before. How do you, like, direct them so bad or write yeah. a script so bad that that's all just, like, worst. destroyed? It's like, how worst. do you do that? And they had, like, it just, on paper, it all seemed so cool. Like, yeah. get the guy who directed Fast and Furious 5, where they just decided to go apeshit. Yeah. Get, get the guy, get Chris Hansworth and Tessa Thompson, and have Kumail Nanjiani play a goofy alien, and yeah. just go fucking crazy. And yeah, it was I just, guess... it just sucked. It was just well, the worst. I think it's because they wanted to play it safe. What I want all, like... Anybody who's, like, working on a sequel of an IP that exists, like, just understand that what we want you to do is we just want you to go apeshit. Like, we don't... We don't want you to, like, do it again. We don't want you to, like, have this, like, tame movie of something we've basically already seen before. We just want you to get weird with it. And yeah. nobody will get weird with it. And if there's like, anybody God, who knows how to get weird with it. I just want the Jurassic Park movies to get weird with it. Just get weird with it, you guys. I would argue that they did get weird with it in Fallen Kingdom, but whatever. <laughs> get we, better we disag- weird with it. <laughs> we disagree on Fallen Kingdom. But yeah, like, if there was one guy that I would trust to get weird with it, it would be F. Gary Gray. He yeah. took Fast and Furious and was like, and let's get weird, weird with, with it. it. Yeah, he was like, let's get fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson in here and just go fucking crazy. Yeah. And then he just didn't do God. that with Men in Black, and I'm sad about it. Um, because you know why the you know why the Back to the Future movies are so famous is because they did something really good and then they were like what if we just did weird stuff also what if we went back to cowboy times and it was great God um, what are some good sequels we... that just went weird with it Logan in its own weird kind of way I got Logan so good they were like what if we make a noir film based on Wolverine that's so good <laughs> right fuck it's not a noir film it's like a postmodern western it could be a noir if you buy the version where they made it black and white that <laughs> that's fucking all cracks they did. me up because Logan is so much not any of the things that a noir film is yeah like, <laughs> they no just part- said that it was and yeah, I just no part of that them. movie has any similarities to a, a film noir Except that for some reason, James Mangold was like, I like old movies and black and white seems cool, so I'm going to put an extra disc in the Blu-ray. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you can watch it in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Marvel is now getting weird with it, and I'm so excited about it. I would like, argue I mean, yeah. that Marvel on its own was kind of getting weird with it. Right? We're already getting weird with Mar- with superhero movies. Was exactly. Already getting weird with it. I mean, it's not quite so much getting weird so much as it is just taking a big swing, you know? 
As much like, as it is actually doing a good job. Yeah. Well, but it's just like a strong creative decision that you follow through with confidently. Yeah. And it's like, what if we made a movie where there were like six superheroes in it all working together? And it's they and just him. did that. They like swung for the fences and they did a great job at it. Yeah, exactly. Like... I guess, like, getting weird is, like, the simple version of it, but, like, just, like, making hard creative decisions and, like, executing it well. Like, that's what... Be creative with your movie, right. directors. Like, I don't know. That feels like something I shouldn't have to say. Right. What if it was in Europe? It's not a bold creative decision. Yeah. What if Garfield went to England? Like... <laughs> I need to make a list of sequels where they go to Europe. Because there are so lot. many. Off the top of my head, Ocean's Twelve... Um, Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties, Men yep, in yep, Black yep. International. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think if, do they go to Europe in Men in Black 2? I don't know. Probably. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll get back to you. Um, gotcha. Okay. I'm, I think we could just wrap it up here for today. Yeah, that's fine. So Adeline, do you want to hear a one-star review of Men in Black? Yeah, I do. Okay, so this is from. I'm shaking things up. I'm gonna take. Gonna pull a review from Amazon today. Um, <laughs> Just to get weird with it. <laughs> yeah, this Amazon commenter named Mirror gives the movie one star and says, "Bad words not necessary." Too, much, too many bad words in this one for me. <laughs> he said ass, and I unacceptable. I wanted to show this to a little baby, but well, now I, I can't. Couldn't because Will Smith can't watch his dang mouth. His tank, his dingle dangle mouth. <laughs> um. Anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. <laughs> my name is Adeline McMurray. And this is No Nerds Allowed. There are no nerds left. I would like to. I like to imagine that this like this person has just written that on like every single movie. Like it's been, they've given every single movie on the planet this review. <laughs> like, can I look at their profile? I want to see. Like Back to the Future, one star. Language not necessary. Did they mean bad language, or did they do they just wish that there were no words in the whole film? <laughs>